Hey, what's up? What's up, everybody? It's your boy, Slizzy, State of the New York Knicks podcast, episode 110. I still can't believe I'm on episode 110. But I got a special guest in the building today, Aiden from the Knicks Community Podcast. Bro, how is you doing? First time on the pod. So I got to ask you this question before we go. What got you into podcasting? What the hell made you a Knicks fan? Oh, great question. Uh, well, first and foremost, uh, I'm very happy to be on the podcast. Uh, thank you so much for letting me come on and uh, just talk all Knicks news and everything with you. Anytime, uh, I, I'll, I'll have to admit, this is kind of like a full circle moment because I remember when I first made my, uh, my first podcast episode, I remember, uh, I remember it, it said like, it was, it said like a state of the New York Knicks podcast favorited your podcast. And I was like, oh man, that's like <laughs> so awesome. And it made, it got me, made, made me, you know, it, it gave me, you know, like a uh, motivation to uh, just keep going and keep, uh, keep doing what I really like to do. So, uh, yep. I, I mean, I, I think obviously I, I just wanted to start a Knicks podcast. Same reason as to why I wanted to start my Knicks account on Instagram. Um, real quick, real quick. Yeah. Bro, I'm one of those few dudes. I don't know if other Nick podcasters do this, but I listen to everybody's podcast, bro. Mm. Every single Nick blogger, Nick fan TV. I don't I listen to everybody. Nick Film School, nothing but Knicks. Um, mm-hmm. hard Nick, I listen to all of them. So I try to always keep my brain sharp when it comes mm. to this Nick stuff. But continue, bro. I, I appreciate the shout out too, bro. You know, I always try to show love, bro. But continue. No, oh no, no problem, no problem. Uh, so, anyways, I just wanted to start uh, my uh, Nick's podcast and Nick's account on Instagram the for the exact same reason, um, mm-hmm. and that ultimately was just to um, just just give Nick's fans the news, what's going on, and um, I think that I really wanted to start my uh, podcast because I think that my message that I always try to bring is that I really just want to be positive and reassuring to Knicks fans because I know that it's so always, you know, so mentally draining whenever you hear about the Knicks and latest (laughs) uh, rumors and everything about what's going on. So I think I just wanted, I just want to, uh, you know, always find the, um, positives in every situation that that uh we go through like for example i just did an episode on um me reacting to the draft lottery and when we got the eighth pick and i was saying you know hey like remember when we drafted porzingis nobody knew who he was Mm -hmm. and and look he freaking blew up and became kp you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so we could draft somebody that that nobody's talking about you know everybody's talking about LaMelo Ball, James Wiseman, Anthony Edwards. But and I'm just here to say, like, you know, listen, we have the eighth pick. Like, that's a freaking lottery pick. You know what I mean? Like, yep. we can utilize this pick to either draft somebody that nobody's talking about right now that could uh, flop. We have no idea. Mm-hmm. Or we could draft somebody that nobody's talking about that could blow up just like Porzingis did. So I think that to answer to just you know wrap up uh the podcast part of your question Mm -hmm. um i think i just really want to bring a positive light and message to knicks fans and just reassure them because i i know that's what we uh we we need especially in times like this where there's no knicks basketball and there's uh there's bubble basketball which by the way the the heat game's on right now uh 
Yep. And that's that series has been crazy. I mean, Jimmy Butler has been going off. Yeah, yeah. I, huge shout outs to Miami Heat. And mm-hmm. this is going to before we get into why he became a Knicks fan, I'm mm-hmm. so jealous of Miami Heat. I'm so jealous uh, of them because same. they do it the right way. When you mm-hmm. sign bum ass bets and you see your young guy is producing on the not even producing. They're not just getting enough minutes. But for example, Bam Adebayo. Who was starting in front of Bam Adebayo last season? Hassan Whiteside. What the hell did Miami Heat do? Let's kick him to the curb and we're going to start Bam Adebayo. Another thing Miami Heat does that I love. They don't, it doesn't matter how much you make. Your salary does not determine how many minutes you get on the court. You get what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I'm I'm so intrigued with Miami Heat is doing and other teams is is doing, and it's the first time in my life I'm 30 years old, mm-hmm. so I watched the Knicks past 20 years. I didn't seen the Knicks trade everything, brother, mm-hmm. everything. So this is the first time in my life we got a young core, we got multiple first round picks, we got Thibodeau, we got a coaching development staff in place, and we got an owner who will not. Who we got an owner who's currently pay, paying, I think, about three coaches right now and with Thibodeau. So he doesn't have no problems with money. So I, I'm just excited for the future. And I, I'm glad you also spread positivity because you can't watch ESPN for Nick News. So nope. you better go to one of these Nick bloggers and, and click on the podcast or watch some of these dudes on YouTube. Absolutely. I, I totally agree with you there. I mean, what what Pat Riley and everybody in that Miami organization has done for that team has been truly something special to watch. And I also just read um, something that I think Thibodeau is going to try to kind of, I guess incorporate is the right word to use, uh, kind of what Riley has been do- doing for Miami uh, and try to kind of incorporate that kind of, I guess, moves and kind of like uh, – like uh, style into the Knicks uh, to try mm. to build them up for the future. Um, so, and that's, that's great news. Uh, yep. And that, that's another reason to be excited for this season. Um, but as to why I became a Knicks fan, um, well, <laughs> my, my family has been diehard Knicks fans ever since. Um, Salute. A hundred percent. And, you know, um, my dad has really been, uh, the one that kind of really um, helped me kind of like join Knicks Nation in a way. And uh, he always like used to uh, update me with news. I mean, this is back in 2008 when, you know, we had like Gallinari and uh, way back when. And then I remember the first ever Knicks game I went to. So I'm, I'm walking with my dad and they, they actually pulled me aside, the MSG crew, and interviewed me. And uh, and then that interview was on the Jumbotron at halftime and my teacher was in the crowd and she was like, oh, that's my student. No way. <laughs> and then uh, and then obviously I was I was a hero at school the next day and everybody was going crazy. Um, and I, I just became a Knicks fan for the excitement and the atmosphere. Every time I walked into MSG, I mean, there's there's absolutely nothing like Madison Square Garden. Nope. And obviously I became a Knicks fan because of the kind of team that we had back then. I mean, that was right, you know, right when, when we made that incredible playoff run with Carmelo, 
Shumpert Copeland, who I also interviewed on my podcast. You can check that out. Um, yep. And uh, and and um, yeah, so I just became an Knicks fan for the excitement of what these players and this organization brings to New York. And um, and yeah, there you go. So I I noticed you interviewed Mister Two and Eighteen as well. Salute mm. to the legend John Starks. Love the guy. Still, a lot of OGs in my thread on Twitter really hate John Starks because of that game. But I salute him because. We haven't had success like that in about 30 years. <laughs> so salute to John Stark, salute the, to the Knicks. Carmelo Anthony is one of the reasons why I'm, I'm knee deep as a Knicks fan. Mm. Um, you know, me growing up, I watched a lot of teams. I grew up, my family grew up on football. My cousin was a Ravens fan, and he was never really into basketball like that mm-hmm. on my mother's side of the family. But my father's side of the family, my cousin Quasi, Benjamin, he was a big basketball fan. And he took me to Madison Square Garden when we was when we was younger. I love the garden. The thing about Madison Square Garden, the court, it looks like you're on the court. Mm. When you get close enough seats, it looks like you're on the court. So when you're shooting free throws, the cr- you can feel the energy on the floor. Absolutely. Like you can you, you can feel the energy. So this is why. A lot of OGs call it microwave square, microwave square garden, where dudes just come through, they get microwaved up, and they get shipped out because the garden ate them up alive. I'm just hoping we could just build a team, man. I, I, I need a good team. We dying for a good team. And this goes right into the first segment because I've been having debates all day. Mm. I know you've been on Twitter all day. I see all these stupid rumors. So I want to just attack each rumor one by one. Perfect. Right. So Victor Arlipo, mm. right? Don't get me wrong; he's not a bad player. Not he's at not all. No, player. I mean he's, a, he's the a, you know he's the face of the Pacers. Yeah. Yep, he's not a bad player. But I have three issues with Victor Arlipo. Right. He just he was an All Star two years ago. Mm-hmm. He has a horrific. Was it a quad? I think it was a quad injury. I mean, I don't, I don't remember the specifics of it, but it was detrimental to his career. So the injury that he got, I believe, is a football injury, mm. right? And it messed. It, it, it took all of his athleticism away. So when he comes back and from the injury, he's averaging seventeen four and four. I just recently watched a YouTube video and Victor Oladipo was basically saying, I want to compete for a championship. Yep. I don't know how he's doing that on the Knicks (laughs) currently. And another, the last thing I got an issue with is how much you want to pay him. Right. Because he just declined. I I believe it was a 20 million per year contract from the Indiana Pacers. So he just declined that. Mm. So is it, did he decline because he don't want to be with that organization no more? And he's willing to give another organization 20 million per because I'm scared as a Nick fan. I'm scared. I remember Jerome James trade, the Patrick Ewan trade. We, we, we signed all these bums to these big contracts. And I'm a little scared about Victor Oliva. I, I can't lie to you. And the proposed trade that was proposed, Kevin Knox, Frank Nilakina, Julius Randle, couple of firsts. That's ridiculous to me, bro. So, I want to know what's your take on it. 
would you actually do that trade? And also, I want to know the story that you got for me too. I also, but I want you to tell me that last. All right, all right, all right. I'm, I'm, I'm interested. For sure, for sure. Um, mm-hmm. so let's see. Um, I mean, listen, I would love Victor Oladipo, uh, on the Knicks, um, mm-hmm. because I think that. I mean, I, I, I could, I'm also probably going to say this about Chris Paul, even though I, I see a lot of cons if we got Chris Paul also. But I, we can talk about that much later. We got plenty of time. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that, I mean, you were talking about that trade, right? And yep. I think I wouldn't, I wouldn't take it either. Um, I mean, because you're giving up so much for, for just one, one player. And I mean, yes, he is a star player. Uh, he's the freaking face of the Pacers organization. Um, so, I mean, obviously that's going to create value um, for Victor uh, for if he's going to get shipped off to a, a, another team besides Indiana. Um, yep. But, you know, I just think that if we give up so much for Victor Oladipo, then are we just going to have – I mean that that could be a scary big three: Victor Oladipo, R.J. Barrett, Mitchell Robinson, right? Yes, but the Victor Oladipo from two years ago mm. would be a scary big three. Right? I don't, I don't know about this guy, bro. It's risky. I mean, any any of these free agents that I've been hearing, it, it's all it's all risks. Um, you know, it's like because uh, I mean, like you're saying before, like we have no idea if we're going to see the victor from two years ago or if we're just going to keep seeing the same Oladipo from after the injury. And yeah, he wasn't playing up to his insanely athletic ability before the injury, but you also probably should put into consideration that, I mean, he was still, he's still very consistent. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. he's still a very consistent player can probably get you over 15 points every night. Uh, and I'm sure way other stats and you know, rebounds, assists, steals, yada, yada. Um, so, I mean, no matter what, if, even if he's the same Victor that we're seeing now, or if he bounces back and becomes the Victor that we, that we saw before the injury, I see it as a win because mm. I mean, he's, he's that good in my opinion, but the mm. only risk is, what, how the heck are we going to get him if 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 I'm seeing all of these reports that we would have to give up Julius Randle and so many players and picks and like and like how much money would we give him too? You know what I mean? That's also a risk because mm-hmm. if we if we put all of our money into Victor, then Oof. then um Oof. then I know God God forbid because I want I want everybody to get I, I guess uh, pieces of the pie. I want I want them to bring in not just one good player but a ton you know what i mean um so it's just it's very risky i mean he's a fantastic player but and i love him on the team but i mean i wouldn't take that trade and i have no idea how much money he's gonna want and how much money we're gonna have because i mean i just it's it's so risky because we if we I don't want them to to waste all of their money on Victor and then he doesn't play good immediately when he comes to, uh, to MSG. I mean, God forbid it could be a, a Joakim Noah situation. Oh my! Goodness. God forbid, because I mean we oh, gave God him forbid. that huge contract and then he was a completely different 
uh, player than Chicago. Same with same with Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose was still still good. He wasn't he wasn't a bust or anything or, or terrible. He was still good, consistent, consistent. But Joe Kim Noah, I I that's that's the only uh that's the only issue is if we put all of our money and effort into Victor and then he just doesn't play good or he gets a, an injury. You know what I mean? But yeah, but I mean, yeah. I, I don't mind Victor, bro. I don't, I, I don't mind Victor. The only beef I got is just like how you said, how much money we gonna pay mm-hmm. him, right? Because we want everybody to get a piece of the pie. 100%. I know a lot of Nick fans don't like Kevin Knox. A lot of them don't like Frank Nillikin. I'm a fan of Frank. I'm a fan of Frank. I, I am yeah. too. I am too. I'm a huge fan of Frank Nillikin. His his, and his I, defense on Luca. Oh. Everybody in the league, people fail to realize Frank Nilakina, his rookie season, was first in the NBA in pick and roll defense. Mm. Okay, so I don't want to hear about Mr. Six Points per Game because I hear it every day on my thread. Every championship team needs role players, mm. period. The, the Lakers don't three peat without um, Derek Fisher, they don't three peat without the big shots from Robert Ory. I understand that you want. Superstar players, right? I, I, everybody do. We all do. Mm. But you gotta build the foundation. Now, as far as Victor Oladipo is concerned, fine, fantastic player. Mm-hmm. I am not. I, I'm not opposed for trading Victor Oladipo. What I'm opposed to is what we giving up. Yeah. I'm not interested in giving up any first round picks for anybody after the after that Porzingis trade. I'm against trading first round picks because I believe we the Knicks go this route where they try to do this quick rich the quick fix, mm. right? And this Victor Olipo move, it feels like a quick fix move because I know me and you, we don't really view it as oh, we're going straight to the playoffs. No, right? it's it's we a it's a it it's team. a process. Yes, you're accumulating talent, right? Mm-hmm. But the media the media, strictly media, and the some of the fan base, they're gonna place unrealistic expectations on the on the young guys on the roster, and I'm just scared that they're just gonna do a quick fix move. Like they, I, I don't want to see that no more, bro. But I'm not I'm not against Victor Olipo. How much would you pay? Him? Ooh, well, depends yeah. how much he wants and how much we have. Um. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I can't really give you, I guess, an exact estimate. But I mean, I mean, I'm sure he would want like what, like, uh, I guess like twenty mil. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I'm saying this is probably what he wants, right? No, he declined twenty million from Indiana. Mm. That's the contract he declined. Well, then, does he want more? or Does he want less? I mean, no, he doesn't. He, he doesn't want, want less. That's obviously he wants more. But yeah, I'm like, <laughs> hey, he wouldn't want less. Come on now. Um, but, uh, I mean, it, now that's saying something since he declined that. Cause if he wants like, uh, like an Allen Houston type of deal, which by the way, I also interviewed Allen Houston. If he wants a hundred mil, then that's way too, way too much. Love Allen love Houston. Him, love H2 him as well. well. Nice, very nice guy. <laughs> Loved having him on the podcast, but I mean, that's, that's way too much money for Victor in my opinion. I mean, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm just trying to think of, I mean, more than 20 million for Victor. I mean, I, I mean, 40. Do you think 40 is too much, or do you think that's kind of like just right or a little bit more? 
Yeah, I mean, or I mean, probably he would probably want to sign for more than two years. But so I got it's a couple things that tie into this, bro. It's a couple things. Mm-hmm. Like, it's gotta, hard. It's hard. It, it's hard because we don't know who the Knicks is focusing on in the draft, right? Because media outlets they just throwing shit to the wall and they because they need content. For one day you hear Isaac Okoro, the next day you hear Kara Lewis, the next day you hear Devin Vassell. So they just throwing shit at the wall. As far like. Damn, it's tough, bro. It's it's tough. I'm trying to figure out a way where the Knicks can be competent without doing nothing stupid, a.k.a. Steve Mills. That Mm. is the hard part. Um, It is. It is hard. Yeah, it's tough, bro. Asking you that question, even I'm stumped about how much I would pay Victor Adelipo. Exactly. But all of this ties in, to go back to that point, all of this ties in, the one big fish that's coming in 2021 offseason. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Let's cut the small talk. Cut the chit chatter. We ain't saving cap space for CJ McCollum. We're not saving it for nothing. Strictly Giannis Antetokounmpo. Right? Mm-hmm. If you trade for somebody now, it's going to impact your cap. And then on top of that, we have to pay Mitchell Robinson next offseason. Because Mitch right. is going to want his money. Clutch, mm-hmm. Clutch is going to want their money. So, and, and and Mitch deserves it. Ooh, I don't know if he deserves it. Ooh, oh, 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 we we can get into that real quick. Sure. I, I, I'm a, I'm a, I mean, listen, listen, listen. I don't. What I mean, what I mean by what I mean by that, I think that I I don't think he deserves like like I said before, like a hundred million. But like, no. but but like, uh, you know, I mean, he deserves not like not, I don't know how do I explain this. I don't think he deserves like a huge like freaking what I said before a hundred million, but like, I mean, he should be making a couple more. You know what I mean? Mm. And when you say a couple, that means that I, I see a lot of people willing to give Mitchell Robinson twenty million dollars. I respect mm. it, I understand it. I'm not paying Mitchell Robinson twenty million nothing until he showed me he can shoot. A, he, until he shoots a jump shot for me in the game. I'm not paying him more than I'm, I'm. I don't. I'm not. I wouldn't even pay him more than fifteen million, to be honest. With that, you. That's what I. I mean, that's what I was thinking. I was gonna say fifteen. Because, as I'm as I'm thinking of estimates, yeah. I mean, I would say fifteen. Because when you look at the playoff rosters, right? Everybody mm. big men besides Anthony Davis. Everybody's on a, a mid level exemption. Dwight Howard ain't pay, getting paid too much. Bam out of bio. He's on a rookie deal right now. It, it, it's just. I don't see the need to pay a center in a league that devalues the center position as each year goes by. Now, if Mitch develops a, a jump shot, I will gladly pay Mitch. But at this very moment in time, I don't know because I'm not interested in Rudy Gobert. I, I'm just, I'm just not. I, it, it, it's tough, bro. This draft, Leon Rose not talking to the media because remember we used to Steve Mills. Steve Mills yep. chit chat all the effing time. <laughs> mm. I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, remember that, remember that press conference after we lost to Cleveland? Oh my goodness! And oh he was like, goodness. he was like, you know, uh, we 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 got to be playing better than this. <laughs> remember that? What the roster you accumulated? You <laughs> that's that's what Stephen A. said too. Yeah, he was like, how. He was like, how how can you say that with Julius Randle? Oh, man. Yeah, I'll never forget. 
real quick, and then we <laughs> we get in the next subject. I remember when, and, and plus you gotta tell me that Victor Oladipo story too. Well, after after this, I got you. After. <laughs> Matter of fact, so go now. I, I want him. Oh, I want him. No, no, it, it. Please, I could. I. What do you have to say? No, nah, I forgot it. My brain, my brain, all right. my brain. All right, all right, all right. So, um, so I do a lot of uh, I do a lot of uh, theater and, and stuff like that in, in the city also. Um, so uh, so I really like to do that. And it was uh, me, it was uh, me and my parents, and we're going to see uh, Ain't Too Proud on Broadway, which is the musical about the Temptations. Mm. And uh, and we're walking in, and I see this huge guy like from the back, and I'm like, and I'm like, I know that hairstyle. Like, I think that's Victor. And my and I, my, my dad's like, hey, is that like Victor Oladipo? And I'm like, I don't know. So like we're walking um walking a little farther up into the lobby. And he's uh he's standing at the corner by like the bar with his bodyguard and some girl. And uh and I and I turned and I'm like I'm like, yo, that's Victor Oladipo. Like and I, I said, I said, parents, go get your seats. I'm gonna <laughs> I I when am I ever gonna get the chance? to see Victor Oladipo in person. So I walked up to him. His bodyguard backed me up at first. Uh, and I was like, I was like, hey, hey, hey. And I was like, I was like, you're Victor Oladipo. And he's like, he's like, yeah, man, what's up? And I said, I said, hey, can I just get a quick picture? And and we did. I can send that to you after this interview if you'd uh-huh. like. Um, and, uh, and so then we had like a little tiny conversation about NBA. And this was, this was before he came back from injury. So... I uh, I just wished him luck. I said, "Hey man, you're a freak. You're a beast." Uh <laughs> and uh and uh I'd love love to uh love to see you back out in the court again. Uh and he said he said definitely soon. And then um show ends and me and Victor walked out together. And then we had a little bit more of a conversation. Last thing I told him, I said, I said, "Man, as a diehard Knicks fan, please please do not smoke us this season when you come back. Please." <laughs> And he's like, he's like, man, I'll try. And then uh, we dapped up, and then he walked out. And that was the last time I I've seen him in person since. But uh, and I I, I don't think he uh, followed up on my promise because uh, I, I I don't think he did. I don't remember his exact stat line, but I I don't think it was bad. I think it was pretty good against us. Nah, actually, um, RJ outplayed him one of those games, I believe. Mm. But I think we lost. Both games against Indiana because Sabonis was just whoring everybody. This mm. this guy was twenty for twenty against the Knicks. Like, every time we play Indiana, it seemed like Sabonis looks like Hakeem Olajuwon. Like I I don't know what the hell be going on when we play Indiana. But once again, Victor Adelipo, good player. I would take him, but the trade package. If they ask for first round picks, I'm good. If you want Randall and Kevin Knox, I could understand it, but then they're gonna have to make another trade because you got Sabonis and you got Miles Turner, so eh, mm. it, it, it's iffy for me when it when it comes to Victor Oladipo. Um, and it, I mean, and if we if we trade like, I mean, depends how many first round picks they want, but but like, we have a ton, a ton of first round picks after that. That uh, that that trade for for Morris to the Clippers yep. for for from for Mo Harkless, mm-hmm. uh, we have a ton of first rounders. So I mean, even if we trade like a couple, probably like two or like three, I wouldn't say three. Three is it's, it's a little too much. But uh, if we trade like if we trade like two first rounders, we still have a ton left. Also, 
if we draft guys that aren't good, send them to the G League and and you and and utilize. I said this on the Die Hard Knicks podcast. Shout out to Eru. He's 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 a real one. Um, yeah, yeah, shout out my guy Eru. I always I always record Eru. He's he's dumb cool, bro. He's mad yeah, cool. he's he's awesome. But like I was saying this on his podcast, we have to utilize Lamar Peters. If you see his highlights, the man can ball. Like we have some diamonds in the rough in the G League. I mean, we we have to utilize Ignis more. The guy was the leading scorer on the G League, and utilize Kenny Wooten. Please utilize oh, Kenny Wooten. Yo, bro. I literally, I don't know if it was my last podcast. I don't know if it's the one before. I literally said to everybody, I, like this probably like 10 podcasts ago. I literally hmm. said Kenny Wooten is going to be the secret weapon next season. I feel 100%. like he's going to get minutes. <laughs> he's like the second coming of Stoudemire. You know what I mean? I like him. He reminds me of Kenyon Martin. Mm. When we when we had him in like a 2012, 2013, when we when we made that playoff run. Yeah, but we had his corpse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, obviously. I mean, but if you see him on like the Nets, like a little way back, oof. when they uh, he was who? Yeah, yeah. Oof. 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 he he was a monster. Monster. He, he, yo, yeah, he was a monster. I, I I always had I always appreciated his game. Rasheed Wallace, I appreciated his game. Mm. Young Lamarcus Aldridge, like I, I really appreciate their game, man. I, you, one of those dudes who go way back, Brooke Lopez. I appreciate mm. his game now. He's been in the league forever, and he's still he's still playing great on Milwaukee. <laughs> still playing great, but he changed his game though. Yeah, I mean, but hey, he can still shoot the lights out. Hell yeah, yep, hell yeah, he can. I, I ain't mad at Brooke Lopez. Get that paper, brother. Mm. Um, my no. my dad my dad and me agree with you a hundred percent hundred percent. He has the exact same opinions on Brooke. I, I love Brooke, man. Um, so we got an Victor Oladipo. I mean, I guess we both like. I guess it's the the general consensus right now is we would trade for him. Mm-hmm. It's not a definite no, but right. you can't you can't get everything in the treasure box. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you got to consider who we're giving up. Right, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just there's so many moving pieces that uh, it's just it's just it's risky. Yeah, it, it it's tough. It's tough. Now, now this next guy we about to talk about it, it's even tougher for me because I get into this debate every single day, bro. Literally, mm. the the Chris Paul mm. versus Fred Van Fleet. Oh yeah, versus getting DJ Augustine, aka meaning, do you want to play for the playoffs next season when mm-hmm. it's a historically great draft, mm-hmm. or do you want to tank with DJ Augustine? I was gonna say DJ's in these conversations now, man. It, you, you gotta play because I, I take a couple things into account when it comes to Tom Thibodeau, right? Mm. Tom Thibodeau drafted Chris Dunn with the fifth overall pick, bro. And mm-hmm. he did not start that man. So, mm-hmm. so off rip, I'm like, I I know Tibbs ain't gonna start a rookie point guard. Is is Frank Nelikin a possibility? I don't know. He doesn't get into the paint enough. Is DSJ a possibility? DSJ is going into his fourth year 
and mm. he still don't know how to play point guard, bro. Yeah, I, 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 I remember. I remember a good example of of DSJ. I was at Knicks opening night versus the Celtics, and my my guy stops his own fast break, stops his own fast break, and just goes for a three when he had the lane wide open to him. I'm like, come on, man. Wait, that was the wait was was that the game away or was that the game at home? That was home. That was that was opening night at MSG. Was that the game where the fans was chanting "We want Frank"? Yes. That was I, I, that was crazy. That atmosphere so, was crazy, and that was all while Dennis was on the court. I was I was with my friends, and I was like, "This is crazy." So, on behalf of, or, or on behalf of me, that was very embarrassing on Nick fans' part. That's very embarrassing to 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 destroy that kid's mental mm. and confidence, what, confidence, yes, yeah, yeah, confidence. But then, I can't even really blame the fans. Because yeah. look who's the coach. Mm. Th- this same coach put Kevin Knox at shooting guard. <laughs> mm. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so I, I, I can't even blame the coach. Mm. It, so, I, I mean, I could even blame the coach. So it's like, it, it was tough for me to watch DSJ last year, bro. It, oof, I don't know who it, who was tough. Matter of fact, Alfred Payton was the worst guy I watched in, on his team last year. And if anybody know. State of New York Knicks. If you see me anyway, I hate Alfred Payton, yo. Mm. I, 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 I cannot watch him play basketball. I, I, I can't. So we're going right into this next subject with the Chris Paul versus Fred Van Fleet versus DJ Augustine. Now, the reason why I put them versus each other, because I know Tibbs ain't going to start. A, he's not going to start a rookie point guard. He's not going to start a young point guard. So he's going to start a vet. So one of these three is going to be on the team. Mm. Now, Chris Paul. I love Chris Paul, bro. Had a fantastic season. Everybody fantastic. doubted him. Everybody doubted him. I did too. Mm. I, I did too. Took his took his team to the bubble. Mm-hmm. And uh that the way the way that series ended, I mean, was I was disappointed when I think it was like Horton, his name was, and he tried to tried to throw it off of James Harden and like James Harden did like this freaking huge jump and then he completely missed James Harden's legs. And oh, Lou Dort. Yes, yes. <laughs> I was like, how is like what is his name again? Yeah, yeah. The OKC version of Frank Lilikina. Mm. <laughs> Lou Dort. <laughs> See, like, like, Chris Paul, I want to throw this at you too, because I've been thinking about this the past couple of weeks. When it comes to Chris Paul, bro, mm. is there any scenario where Leon Rose can get him to decline his contract season, right? Next offseason. I'm talking about 2021 offseason, right? To get him to decline his contract so he can willingly sign. We're not going to talk about no other free agent. If he can sign Giannis Antetokounmpo, right? And, And is Chris Paul willing to take a less amount from that original contract to bring on a superstar that he could play with with these young guys and try to win a championship here, like is is that? Am I just too much on the drugs, or, 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 or just, just help me out here? Sure, sure. Well, I mean, I mean, we we saw it when when uh, Kevin Durant and Kyrie went to Brooklyn. I mean, they took they took less amounts of money to get DeAndre Jordan on that team, <laughs> right? Yeah. So, I mean. It, I mean, I don't know. I mean, here's the thing about Giannis. 
I would love Giannis on the Knicks, but I believe that he's staying in Milwaukee. Don't I don't think he should, but I I but I was watching his interviews with with like Ernie Johnson, and and he looks like very committed to Milwaukee. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and I mean Giannis is a freak of nature. It's Greek freak, right? Yep. But like when it comes to playoff time, I mean he's not a completely different player, but. I just don't. I don't know. I, I just don't really see that. Can I get an excuse for Giannis? Can I give you an excuse? And I want you to please. This? His excuse is his coach is a fraud. His coach okay. is a fraud. Nobody talks about Coach Bud. His coach mm-hmm. is a fraud. He his coach had multiple sixty win teams, and this is fact. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. multiple sixty win teams cannot get to the um. He cannot get to the finals with those teams. His coach is a fraud, bro. Strictly a fraud. Well, well, well. That that team did have crazy challenges last season, right? Kawhi, Kawhi on Toronto, mm-hmm. where and we we saw when Kawhi played Giannis. I mean, Giannis just he 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 could not play with with Kawhi that year. No, he uh, couldn't. But you up three two as the coach, you got to get it done. I I hundred percent agree. But I mean. We we just you got to put into consideration those challenges that that team went through with with Kawhi and Toronto. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, all right. I I'll give him a pass. I still think he's a fraud. I think Chris Middleton's a fraud too. I think Eric Bledsoe's a fraud. When matter of fact, take Giannis off that roster. Just take him off that roster. What mm-hmm. guy? When Giannis looks at that team, what guy? on that team he could trust his prime years with. I don't see those guys on, 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 on that team. Crit, I, I see Chris Middleton. He's a fraud to me, bro. He's he's a he's a he's a, a, a number two option right now who's who who basically needs to be a number three or a number four option. Cause I, I don't see it. We got my evidence is the last three years of the playoffs. Chris Middleton never shows up. Eric Bless never shows up. I, I don't know, bro. It, well, well, well. When Giannis, when Giannis was injured versus uh, what Miami in the in the bubble, Chris Middleton showed up, right? When it was when it was just Chris Middleton, he showed up. He scored thirty. He did. He did. I will give him that. I I, I got I I give him that. I just I just feel like just for me, I feel like Giannis will look at that roster and he'd be like. I'm out of here, boss. I, I don't see how he spends his whole prime careers in Milwaukee. But mm. you know, that that's a story for here and there. We 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 moving on subject. We moving on subject. My fault, bro. Sure, fault. sure. No, no, no. Totally fine, man. So let's get back to this Chris Paul versus Fred Van Fleet thing. And mm. so Chris Paul, right? It's a couple of cons, right? I'm gonna let you get to the rest of the cons. This is just the biggest one for me. Now I'm gonna let you just attack the cons real quick before we get into the pros. I want to do mm. cons first. When I think about this, bro, what would you rather have? Chris Paul for two years or and Chris Paul for two years and then you don't know who your starting point guard after he leaves? Or would you have Kate Cunningham, Jonathan Kaminja, uh, uh, BJ Boston, Jalen Suggs, you know, J- J- Jalen Green, like, would you rather have one of these blue chip prospects from next year's draft or would you rather have Chris Paul for your foundation this year? That's mm. that is tough for me, bro. 
But you, it you, is. You, you could kill the cons real quick. Go ahead, bro. Well, if we take a prospect, right? Mm-hmm. That could be a huge risk. That could be literally what everybody is talking about with Lamelo, right? Yep. Another another huge risk. We I believe that that Lamelo is going to be exactly what Lonzo was in his first couple of years in, in 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 on the Lakers, right? Right. Uh, just just not living up to the hype. Kind of struggled with the transition to NBA. Um, so I mean, it's it's any prospect is a risk, right? Because you have no idea how they're going to be able to handle that transition from college to professional NBA. So, I mean, they, they could be, they, they could be, they could be great. Right. We have, we have no idea what rookies are going to be great from this draft class. Um, Or they could just be, you know, a bust. Right. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, plain, plain and plain and simple. Um, But if you do take Chris Paul, he's able to handle pressure. We, we saw that clearly this season. Everybody doubted him, mm-hmm. and he was able to bring his team to the bubble. Uh, I mean, a lot, not, many, not many guys can, can, can say that they led their team to that, to that bubble. You know what I mean? Because right. so many teams also missed out on that bubble. But Nixon, can, Nixon I, can I throw something in there real quick? Sure. I view that as a con because there's no point guard in NBA history who's played more than 20,000 minutes, has come back the next season, and – gave you great production is no point guard in NBA history. I was looking at it. Any point guard past 20, 20,000 minutes, they're cooked that very next season. That's a con for me because that it, this season might be fool's gold, but go ahead. Mm, I mean, that's a great point. I'm not going to completely disregard that point. That's a fair point. I gave you that. Um, but I mean, I ask, I ask whenever I interview a former Nick, Chris Childs, Alan Houston, Copeland, whenever I interview a former Nick, I say, how did you handle with the pressure of New York, right? Because that's so tough. You have, you have sports writers, you have fans, expectations, pressure. Everything's riding on you. And if you stink, you're going to hear about it for the next year or years, no matter how long. It depends on how long you're on the team for. But, I mean, I just believe that Chris Paul could be – I see a pro with the way he, that he can handle the pressure of haters, right? But the biggest con, I think, is just where he's at in his career. I mean, obviously, he's on the decline of his career, in my opinion, like with age and, you know what I mean? Um, so that's another con for me, um, is just his age. I mean, I would much rather have Fred Van Vliet over Chris Paul. Uh, that That's that's my opinion. Um, I'd, love, I'd love either option, but I'm just saying – you have Fred Van Vliet. He's younger. He's clutch. Chris Paul's also clutch, but Fred Van Vliet, he's clutch in clutch moments. You saw him versus a uh, Golden State in those finals. Yeah, I did. Yeah, he was mm-hmm. very clutch. I, I can't even front. He he was playing good basketball. Man I, could I not miss yeah. against that Golden State team. Could not miss. It was his he, defense for me. It, it, yeah, that too. Was, that too. Was, his 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 whole game that series. His whole game. See, Fred, the, the only thing I got with Fred, Fred is Fred could be easily become the worst contract in the NBA. <laughs> easily, bro. If you pay, imagine paying Fred Van Fleet 22 million per for four years, and he just comes to the Knicks and he's just god awful. It's, it's not what you expected. Mm. I, it, it's a 
I'm scared of Fred Van Fleet. I think I'm scared of Fred Van Fleet more than I'm scared of Chris Paul personally. Because mm-hmm. Chris Paul, I kind of know what I expect. Like I know he's gonna make the young guys better. Fred Van Fleet, I don't know if he's gonna make young guys better because he's not even the primary ball handler on Toronto. See, Fred Van Fleet on the Raptors is a totally different Fred Van Fleet on the Knicks, bro. Higher usage, higher usage rate on the Knicks. I'm scared about that. <laughs> well, you you could you could also argue that he could. Um... You could also argue that he 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 could help uh, help out the young guys more, right? He could give them more opportunities. We already know that Fred VanVleet, when he's given opportunities, he's gonna he's gonna be clutch and and on it for you, right? Yep. We we we've seen that in in that finals. Like I'm saying before, I'm, I'm just gonna bring it back to that finals because that was the defining moment where I was like, this guy can ball. And I mean. Uh, I mean, you could you can argue that he could set up many opportunities for young guys to uh, prove themselves, not only to the Knicks, but, you know, just to, to the NBA. You know what I mean? And like yep. how they play and how they can live up to these expectations. Right. Like um, like, let's say we bring up uh, Lamar Peters from the G League. Right. We already know that he's a great player and he can ball handle, break your ankles, pop it in your face all day. But yep. But, you know, I think Fred could, you know, dish some assists, not only to him, but uh, to everybody, to RJ, to Mitch. Um, I mean, even if we, we if we still have Julius Randle, sure, yeah, he can he can also provide him opportunities. Um, <laughs> but uh, um, but I mean, you you know, I'm just saying you could also argue that that Fred, he knows he knows he knows what he's worth. He knows how good he is. He knows how clutch he is, right? So why not right. mentor what he knows from, from clutch situations, from pressure situations, like those NBA finals when he played the Warriors? Why not kind of him teach the young guys like RJ and Mitch how he handles himself in those situations, how he doesn't let the pressure get to them? Pressure, for me, if you're talking about players, pressure is the number one con or, or kind of like worry to any player that plays on the Knicks. Because oh, you're right. Go be, keep going. Because you you there's so much pressure from from Knicks fans, uh, from from <laughs> Knicks sports writers, not even Knicks sports writers, sports writers in general. I mean, if a guy on the Knicks is gonna play terrible and Stephen A has first take on the next morning, that that guy will be in a casket for a solid two hours <laughs> before Stephen A gets done with you. So, I'm just saying, you know, Fred Van Vliet could mentor these guys to teach to teach them how to how to perform well in clutch situations and pressure time situations. Because that's why I always ask any player I bring onto my show. I say, "How did you deal with the pressure of New York?" Because that for me is the number one thing that I worry with for any player, especially RJ this year. I mean, there was so much riding on RJ, right? Because yep. we. We completely missed out on Zion, right? Right. So we also missed out on John Morant, who was incredible this season. Incredible. You know, you know what I say to you when you say mm. those two names? I'm going to say this. I value skill over athleticism every time. Because you, Agree. Can't, you can't run and jump forever. So as far as Zion and John Morant is concerned, two are, they're going to be great players. They're going to be multiple-time All-Stars. They're going to be cool. 
I respect it. But you know what I love about RJ more than both of them? Mm. RJ don't need to jump over nobody to score. RJ, yeah. it, it, it's more... I don't know. I'm not going to sit here and lie to the people and say RJ is is more skilled than John Morant. I'm not. Oh my God, John Morant's passing skills. Yes, his John, vision, his vision of the court. Yeah, you know why I love John too. Not to mm. get on topic real quick. You know an NBA point guard is good when they bring a bunch of plumbers in college to the um to the big dance, mm-hmm. when, like, that, like the bubble. Yeah. Yes. So when I watch John Morant drag a bunch of teachers and, and, and plumbers and, and future car salesmen <laughs> to the big dance, I mm. said, yeah, he's he's for real. Because there's a difference when you're it's a difference when you're putting up stats that wins games and stats that's empty stats. Like a lot of a lot of these dudes, they put up empty stats, empty calorie. Julius Randle, people tell me about his 19 and 9 all the time. Emptiest 19 and 9 I've ever seen in my life. Empty, it's straight empty. But well, the thing, the thing about Julius Randle, he was very consistent towards the end of this season before everything got halted. You know what I mean? I, I, I give, I give Randle that he was very consistent on offense. His defense is non-existent. Yeah, no, I agree. That's the only thing I'm going to give Julius Randle this season was his consistency on offense. Because, I, I mean, well, scoring. I, I'm, I mean, when it comes to to offense, I, I, I would say that he's consistent with scoring this season and consistently, can very consistent with spinning out of bounds every every possession too. Also, uh, me, me and me and my friends have a have an ongoing joke. We call him Beyblade because uh, all, all he does is uh, just spin out of bounds every five seconds. But but not not to knock off Julius Randle because uh, I I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay with positivity here because. You know what we saw at the end of that season? Very consistent, double doubles, triple doubles. I mean, you know, for a while he was. When it comes to like stats and offense, offensive, I guess skills, right? He was consistent at the end of that season. Would you say? Yes, he was. He mm-hmm. was. And I give this to Randall too. I get Randall, DSJ, Knox, RJ, Mitch. All of them have a pass from me. You know why they get a pass from me? Because when you hire a bum-ass coach like David Fisdale, who I actually defended during his nine-game losing streak on my Twitter thread and got killed for it, when you hire a, 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 a – let's, let's be real. Fisdale was such a horrible coach. He was a used car salesman. He had this dribble handoff offense, which it, it's shockingly, surprisingly, with top ten in the NBA and pick-and-roll efficiency – because somebody earlier on my Twitter thread debunked that whole notion of Fisdale didn't run enough pick and rolls. I didn't see it. I didn't see no player get better under Fisdale. So Julius Randle gets a pass because there was no accountability last season. It was no offensive se- no offensive system last season. And, and I'm okay with Julius Randle. He just needs to be the backup center, the small ball five where he belongs. He's a small ball five in today's NBA. That's all I got for Julius Randle. But another thing about Julius Randle, maybe Fred Van Fleet could come here, teach him how to be a winner. That's teach what, yeah, that's what I'm saying. But for for anybody on that team, yeah. All right, so I, I can understand the Fred Van Fleet pickup. I I can understand it. But here's the thing: how much you'll pay Fred Van Fleet, and mm-hmm. how many years on that contract? Well, I I saw that. Uh... 
I saw that we we would have to give him like twenty mil. I I saw. Would you give him twenty million? Uh <laughs> that's tough. It's any any contract discussion you're gonna have with the Knicks is so tough because you know we've we've failed at it multiple times. Um, I'm, I'll be upfront. We failed at it multiple times, but so it's just. It's very, it's very risky. It's very risky. Would I give him twenty mil? I'd probably give him like fifteen. But he ain't coming to the Knicks for fifteen. No, I, <laughs> I agree. No, he's gonna want twenty mil. And listen, if we give him that, I hope we have enough cap space left for for another good player. You know what I mean? So in that scenario, um, I don't know what podcast I heard this on. I heard this somewhere, or or I probably thought of it myself. I don't know. You pay Fred Van Fleet twenty million a year. I believe you give him like three years, sixty million, and then you give Jeremy Grant probably like a, a three year, forty five million. Now Jeremy Grant is one of those guys. He's number one priority for me for the Knicks this offseason. I love Jeremy Grant. Mm. I love what he could bring to the game. But Fred Van Fleet. Now you add it. Now, now let's say you get a star five. Now, now let's say you get a star five, right? Mm-hmm. Your draft pick was Devin Vassell or Isaac Okoro. Mm-hmm. So now your starting five is Fred Van Fleet slash Chris Paul, RJ Barrett at the two. I don't know if you view RJ as a two or view him as a three. That that you know. Either whatever. either either or it depends on you know d- depends, but I mean yeah yeah it, it it depends. So RJ at the two. We'll just say that for now. Then you got. Isaac Okoro or Devin Vassell at the three. You got Jeremy Grant at the four, and you got Mitch at the five, with Tibbs as the coach. That team, that's a, and we played 82 games. That's a 35 to 45 winners team for me. Right, based off of that starting five, but but what about the bench? You know what I mean? Now, the bench, here's when it, get, here's when it gets tricky, right? Mm. Because... In the Chris Paul scenario, I know that Julius Randle's gone. So we're going to have to find some bench scoring. Um, in a Fred Van Fleet scenario, Julius Randle might still be here. So it, everything ties in together, bro. I just, I'm, I'm going to just put this out there. Mitchell Robinson and Julius Randle front court would never work. So the Knicks need to figure out. One, who they're going to draft. Two, they need to figure out RJ's real position. Three, they need to figure out what the hell they're going to do with Kevin Knox. Because I'm sick of it when it comes to Kevin Knox. I'm mm. All right, before we even get into Kevin Knox. I, I hear, I hear we, we could trade him for Chris Paul. I, I, oh, that is such a stupid trade to me, bro. That is that is so stupid to me, bro. I, I I'm hearing that it could be, uh, from from an NBA source based off of what Mark Berman said today that um that it could be, I I would say a first rounder and a prospect in quotation marks, um and I and I've been hearing from that NBA source based off of what I've been seeing on Twitter is that that prospect will be is probably going to be Kevin Knox, so. You know, it's Kevin Knox and a couple picks for Chris Paul. 
That is ridiculous, bro. I, I, I'm against the reason. The only reason why I'm against it is because, yeah, you trade Julius Randle, you remove him, and you trade Kevin Knox, and you trade a first round pick. All right, that's cool. But what coaching was Kevin Knox under? Like he, he was coached by Fizdale. He gives us 13 points his rookie season, over 125 threes on 34% shooting from three his rookie season, with a tank command at point guard in Emmanuel Moutier. Knox was ranked dead last in the NBA last season. He was ranked the worst net rating player last season, right? Mm. This season, he was ranked the worst net rating player this season. And it's like, what have you done for these prospects to, to, to get better? Like, what, what have you done? You know what the Knicks had did? They draft two straight projects and give David Fisdale the smallest developmental staff in the NBA. That's what they did. And they failed Kevin Knox. And I, they failed me as a fan. If you trade Kevin Knox after I had to watch him for two years under ass coaching, that I, I'm, I would be very disappointed. I, I wouldn't be mad because we're getting Chris Paul, but I would be very disappointed. I, I, I can't. The Knicks way of doing things. Mm. Knowing the Knicks, he'll leave us, bro. Go to OKC with SGA, and they both become all stars, bro. Both become all stars. How do you feel about this Kevin Knox stuff? What's going on? Like overall, in general, like what's your overall take on Kevin Knox? And mm. if would you trade him in that deal? Um, no. Uh, I wouldn't. Um, because I think that, I mean, yes, he has been underperforming for years now, right? What, two, two, two or three now? <laughs> two, two years. It's felt, felt like 12. Um, um, <laughs> but, uh, but I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I, in my opinion, I think I would just want to see how he does with Thibodeau. Because Thibodeau, Thibodeau's been praising on how he's been doing in that Knicks Westchester facility bubble that they have going on, yep. and I've been hearing great things about DSJ and Kevin Knox based off of Thibodeau's reports. Um, that could be a great thing, or that could be him, you know, just saying that because he can't go to the the you know reporters and say, "Oh yeah, our, our team sucks." <laughs> no, he can't do that. Well, who in their right mind would do that? You're the freaking coach of the Knicks. No. Um, but uh, but I I don't know. I w- I don't think I I wouldn't I wouldn't I don't I think I'm gonna give Kevin Knox this year, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Just because I want to see how he does with Thibodeau, because we know that um, Jimmy Butler just came out and said that Thibodeau had a lot to do with how Jimmy Butler is today as a player. Most definitely. Um. Uh, and I mean, we saw what Thibodeau did with Derrick Rose in Chicago, like his rookie year MVP. Um, and so, I mean, I, I just want to see how Thibodeau can mentor these guys that have been underperforming. And if if they don't do well, I mean, I'd say either send them to the G League or better off just trade them. That's my opinion. And what I would say to that is, Everything you said is correct. I, I feel like 
it's going to hurt me to trade Kevin Knox, right? It's going to hurt me to trade Knox or Frank because I love both of them kids. I, I love them to death. Mm-hmm. But if there was one place where I would want him to go so he can prosper is right in OKC, right with Nerlens Noel, another Kentucky guy. Mm-hmm. You got SGA who played college ball with Kevin Knox, so he knows his game. And he's going to an organization where it's less pressure He's not in the spotlight. We don't need to hear about Kevin Knox every time Michael Porter Jr. scores 20 or SGA scores 20, 20, and 10 next to Chris Paul. Like, it, at some point, the Knicks management needs to show faith in their young guys. It, it, the one thing I disliked about last season, right, was it, it had no sense of direction. It felt like everybody was coaching for their job. It felt like Scott Perry and Steve Mills was was managing for their jobs. When you go near to the trade deadline, I remember hearing about a trade for Andre Drummond, mm. and, 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 and it, it was and D'Angelo Russell, and they was ready to give up the first round pick, and you know all of it. So it's it's, it's tough, bro. It, it is so tough to be a Knicks fan, but you got to stay the course. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, and you gotta you gotta look at sorry to interrupt, but I mean you gotta you gotta going. look at the positives. I mean, I just thought of this now as you were talking. I mean, I would I mean here's an even an, an even greater point to on why to keep Kevin Knox for this year. He has Kenny Payne, right? From Kentucky. Yep. So I mean he has he has some Kentucky blood now in the uh organization on the uh staff. So that could help him. That could help him. Thibodeau could help him. I mean, I I would say that this this year is is the is where um is where Knox needs to to show how he can handle this ongoing amount of uh, pressure from New York. And hey, if we bring Fred Van Vliet in, maybe Fred can help Kevin on how to deal with pressure based on off based on what uh, Van Vliet did in the finals. That's my opinion. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was that was perfect, bro. Because you know he hears stuff. Kevin Knox is soft, bro. Kevin Knox was was second on the team in total blocks. He was third on the team in block percentage. Julius Randle played over a thousand minutes more than Kevin Knox and has less blocks than Kevin Knox. But I don't see nobody ragging on Julius Randle about his defense. Today's game is is people destroy the game when they worry about box scores instead of actually watching the game and understanding what's going on. Like, I, I need the Knicks to not get sucked into this this whole – I don't – first of all, don't analytic me to death, mm-hmm. right? Don't three-point shoot and try to just take it straight to the basket. Don't cheat the game. Shoot the mid-range jumper, but shoot good shots. Don't shoot Bobby Porter shots where you're where – you, you're looking off Kevin Knox and not giving him no confidence, but you'd rather take a mellow, uh, a long range two like Carmelo Anthony. It was, it was so many factors in for this team last season, bro. I was, last season was so lost for me, bro. I, mm. It hurts for me to even think about last season. I, I, I just don't want them to trade Knox. Mm-hmm. I don't want them to trade Julius Randle, surprisingly. And I, I just want to see what the team mm-hmm. does. Under, under Agree. Can I? Can I go any wrong? No, not at all. I 100% agree with you. And I, I think you uh, 
I think you just mentioned uh, Carmelo, right? In that in that previous point, would you? I I I think I saw on your Instagram. I think you're you're very uh very keen on on wanting Carmelo back. Is that something that you would be interested in? Um, a hundred percent, yes. If we get Chris Paul. Um. Also, you met Melo, right? Yeah. Tell I, me that story because I saw that post and I was like, "Whoa, how?" <laughs> So, I'm I'm from um, I'm from Manhattan. Well, I'm from mm-hmm. Harlem. All right, um, I'm from Manhattan too. All right, all right. So, a little love there, a little love mm-hmm. there, brother. So, you know, I'm uptown in Harlem on 145th Street and Eighth Avenue. So, you know, I'm chilling with my friends and stuff. So, my friend comes around the corner. So he like, Yo, Carmelo in the juice bar. So I looked at him. I'm like, man, get the get the hell out of here, bro. You you lying, bro. Show me a picture, mm-hmm. bro. So he shows the picture. So I'm like, wait, that really is Carmelo fucking Anthony. Now nah, let me go around the corner. So I, I, you know, I go around the corner. So I see these three big black peeps, um, in front of the juice bar. So I'm like, all right, let me just go inside. So I go inside, and I just I see like. Five old, five old dudes, five OGs, and I see some tall guy. So, mind you, uh, yeah, I had I had a couple of drinks, mm-hmm. so I, you know I was outside, so my eyes is red. So I'm looking, I'm like, wait, that's that's Carmelo fucking Anthony? Get the fuck out! So I I said it like three straight times, like get the fuck out of here. That ain't Carmelo Anthony. So Melo, so Melo finally looked. He's like, ha yeah, man, what's up? So I'm like, oh, nah, that is Mellow. What's up? I, I. So I fist bumped him. I asked him for the picture, whatever. I'm like, yo, man, you, you the great Carmelo Anthony, man. man I need you. I, and I said it specifically to him. I need you to come back to New York, and I need you to teach Kevin Knox a jab step, and I need you to teach R.J. Barrett how to be a pro. So he laughed at me, and he said, we going to mm. We going so that was my moment. I, I was just shell shocked. He was just in the midst of, of Harlem because you know you you usually don't see guys of that stature yeah. like just in the neighborhood. So I I was hyped to see Carmelo Anthony. I, I ain't gonna lie, but I definitely told him to come back to New York. I, I'm not opposed mm-hmm. to that, especially especially with what he did in Portland this season. Yeah, yeah. Inspiring. He, Inspiring, he, that is. Yeah. He changed mm-hmm. his game. He changed his game. He he's not the he's not the the triple thread. I'm a jab step you to mm-hmm. death and I'm gonna try to lull you to sleep. He he changed his game. And he was playing some defense. Hey, if I was making what I was making when I was on that Knicks team, because the Knicks was trash. Like you traded for Andreas Bargiani. Oh, oh, Matter of fact, oh. what trade was worse? Wait, wait. What is worse, trading for Bogliani or signing signing Jackie Noah for seventy two million? Both were bad, I'll admit. Uh, um, but uh, I mean, man, <laughs> I was just talking. I was just talking about Steve Novak last night with my dad. Right, we were uh, discussing uh, Steve Novak and and yada yada yada. And I I saw that we traded away. I think Novak Camby and Quentin Richardson and like a first rounder or something only for Barnyani. No picks, no other players. Just like, I think it was like three or four for one. Right. Oh my God. 
And uh, and uh, it was um, I loved what I saw from him in Toronto uh, at the time. But um, yeah, yeah, he was cool. I was like, I was like, okay, bad. I see you, Barnani. We could we could make this work. And then I see him, uh, I see him trying to dunk, but then fall on like J.R. Smith. And like, I was like, oh, <laughs> come on, man. Like, oh, this guy, it was, stinks. it was not, it was not a pretty sight. It was, uh, it was a complete 180 from, from Toronto, from what I saw when he was playing in Toronto. But I mean, I mean, Joe Kim Noah. He was he was not good for the majority of that of that season that he was on, but he was promising when he when he first started off in New York. He was promising, he was. He was. not like defensive player of the year, dunking on Amara Stoudemire like every game when when he played us when he when he was in Chicago. Not that good, but like, you know, I mean, he was he was promising, you know. Um, that's again. That's the positivity I'm just trying to trying to bring. Like it's so tough. It's so tough being a Knicks fan. There's so many, there's so many negative negative things that happen. Bargnani falling on his face, trying to dunk. Like that's a prime example. But like, oh man, I I I mean, that's a situation where I can't even decide what's worse. I can't even decide. I mean, you could argue that Joakim Noah was worse based off of like money reasons. I don't know. Are we still paying off his contract to this day? Oh my yes. god! <laughs> oh my god, man! Oh, that's always something I'm wondering. I'm like waking up. I'm like, man, out of everything that we're doing right now, we're getting a new head coach. We still gotta worry about paying Joe Kim Noah's contract off. Like, man. <laughs> yo, every yo, bro. Every time I see Jamal Murray mm-hmm. score a point. I always think about Andre's Barney, mm. bro. And the reason why is because the only reason why Phil Jackson traded for Bargnani because he re-signed Carmelo Anthony. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> so it, it, so it, 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 it like it comes in the full circle. That final thing, and I'm gonna let you say your final words, and then we're gonna get out of here. I, I, wow, this was a great pod too, by the way. Y'all appreciate, appreciate it, on. appreciate it. it, it we, 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 we spoke about a lot, but I'm, I'm going to get to into mm-hmm. this last thing, and then I'm going to let you say your final words and get out of here. Last mm-hmm. thing, bro. When it comes to when it comes to the 2021 mm-hmm. draft, and when it comes to R.J. Barrett, after knowing that we just traded Porzingis, what do you want the Knicks to value for For on what to draft? Like, are you? Do you value RJ Barrett when it comes to this draft? Like, for, meaning, all right, RJ Barrett, are we gonna slide him mm-hmm. in the shooting guard, or you just say we don't give a damn about the roster? We're just gonna pick who we're gonna pick, and we're gonna make uh, it work. Like, is RJ Barrett? Do you feel like RJ Barrett is that important? Can he become that good enough of a player where we can pass up on a guy and pick a guy that will mm, fit him? Great, great, great question. Um. I mean, R.J. Barrett had his, he had his, definitely had his struggles this season. We we can all agree, but I mean, he he was good. I mean, if you saw him in the summer league, but right before the season started, I was like, oh okay, this is we got a good pick here. You know what I mean? But um, but mm-hmm. 
he had his he had his struggles. I mean, obviously the biggest struggle for me is free throws and three point shooting from for from him. Um, I mean, he almost cost Duke the season by missing a free throw. And if, if Zion wasn't there, it would have been over. Um, I remember, but that. Uh, but he he showed some promise. Like I mean, I, I he like he his some of his plays, like when it, when no matter how many times he's struggles, it always brings back. I'm like, oh, you know what? This guy can still. There's still signs of light and promise. And mind you, the kid's only like 19 or like 20, like. He's still a baby when it comes to like his career. So he has so much time to to grow and mature and evolve into um praying a star player. Um, but I mean, you know, there's there's so much promise for RJ and and uh you know, positive vibes that I mean, I would I mean, I would value him like like what you were saying. Um, but I mean, I don't know, because if we pick like Okoro, right? If we pick like a forward, then like our and then we move RJ to the three, right? Then, mm-hmm. like, and then if we if we completely fail in free agency, then okay, yeah, we have a good two and a three. But like, what are we gonna do about point guards, right? Because I can't, I can't bear <laughs> to see Alfred Payton bringing up the ball or Julius <clears throat> Randall bringing up the ball. I saw so <clears throat> many plays. <clears throat> of this season where Julius Randle's bringing up the ball. I'm like, why is that happening? So, like, <laughs> I mean, for me, I want a point guard, plain and simple. Like, if we can get Cole Anthony, if he falls all the way to eight, great. I would do it. But, I mean, I mean, I would love to also get Obi Toppin, too, from uh, from, from, from Dayton. Yeah, that's crazy. crazy. Can you imagine him and Mitchell Robinson? You, you know why you crazy? You know why you crazy? Because you just said both. You said the two names of who I don't want. Really? <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> like, I love Cole Anthony. I just seen a mock draft today where he was mocked us at 27. So if he falls to 27, I'd gladly mm. take Cole Anthony. I don't want Cole Anthony here because it's too much pressure. His father is from New York. I don't want to have to slander the kid. I, let him go somewhere else where he could prosper. He, he he don't need that New York pressure. Obi Toppin, on the other hand, my only beef with him, I got two beefs with him. His age is a factor because no guy besides Damian Lillard in the past 20 years become an all-star after being drafted at the age of 22, and you start your NBA career at 23 years old. There's no right, but NBA But, well, as a rookie, are we expecting him to become an all-star right away? Oof. I'm I mean, just saying. I'm just that's saying. That's a good rebuttal. I, I, like, I, like, I, hey, our, our, when we, when we, when we drafted, right. um, when we drafted RJ Barrett, did we expect him to become an All Star right away? No, right. We're we're going through we're going no, through no, a process. No. It's not going to happen overnight. I know so so many Knicks fans I'm seeing are 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 just trashing our team because it's taken so long. Right? If you, I mean. What what is what is Philly known for? The Sixers trust the process, right? That that was a a, a process, not a an overnight sensation, incredible playoff team, right? That took that took a while for them to get to where they are, and that's that's what I'm seeing here. Like it's a process with 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 uh you know struggles and 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 strengths and triumphs, right? 
So I mean, right. If we pick up Obi Toppin, I would. I'm just saying. I I I I I hear what you're saying, right? About age and and yeah. and all these expectations. But if you think about him from like uh, an athletic standpoint, I know you're. I know you would take skills over athleticism. I would as well, any day of the week. But now, Obi skill. Obi skilled. I, I'm not going. I, I, I watched a lot of clip on Obi. Obi is also very also skilled. he reminds me of 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 a uh, Stoudemire as well. I mean, could you imagine? Yes, yes. Obi Toppin, Mitchell Robinson, RJ. I mean, <laughs> that's even if we don't even get a, a a star like Van Vliet, Chris Paul, Ola. Now nah, go get me Chris Paul. You gotta go get me Chris Paul. If if you gonna give me Obi Toppin, can you imagine that team? Because Chris Paul, RJ, Obi Toppin, Mitch, whoo, oh man, that's like that that man. that gets me I, excited. Oh man, he trying to sell me on. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Like, I mean, I would love, I would love to get a point guard from this draft. But if there is any way we could get Obi Toppin, I feel like he's gonna go to Chicago. Cause I have a friend who's a who's a who's a Bulls fan, and and he's like, oh, we're yeah. getting Obi Toppin, and I'm like, eh, he he could fall to number eight, and if he falls to number eight, <laughs> that is, oh man, that is gonna be that's yeah, a party, that, that... that is a party in the paint. I'm gonna call that the party in the paint, <laughs> because can you imagine <laughs> the the plays, the highlight reel, alley oops, dunks. I mean, it would get the city excited. You know, it, it reminds me of Porzingis when he just blew up. And everybody, he, I mean, I've said this so many times before. He made the Knicks relevant again in the sports conversation. And, and he did. He I did. mean, not everybody, I mean, everybody's talking about Obi Toppin. But, like, he, there's a chance that if we incorporate him into our system and get Chris Paul... We're, we're we are relevant again in the playoff and, and not not even in the playoff talk. I meant to say uh the the sports conversation. But could you imagine if we get Chris Paul and all those players just just for the starting lineup alone and then with whatever cap space remaining, we could try to bulk up the bench a little bit. You know what I mean? I mean, you could have Chris Paul right. a starter and then Lamar Peters at backup. That's scary like in a good way. If you see if you That's see cool. Lamar Peters from That's what cool. he's done in, in Westchester. Um no, I see I see with Lamar Peters, I play him mm. with Frank. Like I, I, I play him with Frank. And then if they don't trade Julius Randle, I'm I'm bringing Randall off. Oh the yeah, bench. no, I would but start I, I would start Obi Toppin this, over Randall. Just to see how Obi Toppin does as a yeah, starter. Yeah, I always tell people, bro. If we pick Obi Toppin, you gotta get Randall off my roster. I don't want to see Randall on my roster. I mean, I mean, where, where, where is he <laughs> gonna it. spin off to? He's not gonna have the Garden floor to spin on anymore <laughs> if we trade him. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know, man. Oh, damn, bro. I gotta, I gotta watch oh, some Obi stuff, man. I, I gotta warm up to this guy, man. Everybody talking about, but, him. I, but I just, but just, I mean. This is the thing. I think what you were saying in the beginning, like fans build up crazy expectations for players. Like we, when we got RJ, they were talking about him like he was the second coming of Jesus Christ. I'm like, guys, this guy is a kid. He's not going to be Michael Jordan overnight. It's going to be, it's going to be a process just like Philly. Trust the process. It is going to be a process, folks. It's not going to be, 
right. a one night thing overnight where Tom Thibodeau is going to wake up and all those, all these guys are going to wake up like, uh, and have like the, uh, the uh the secret drink that michael jordan takes uh in uh in space jam yeah <laughs> secret, secret stuff. stuff they're not gonna wake up and have all these crazy you know superpowers and like stretch their arms halfway across the court and just drop the ball into the net like it's gonna be a process and um and i mean yeah it's just it's going to be a slow process we've we i know people are like oh but you guys haven't made the playoffs in six years there's some teams that that you know haven't made the playoffs longer than that. So why are we? Well, why are you? Yeah, why Sacramento are you knocking the Knicks for for not making it in six years? That's that's if you're thinking about it, that's kind. It, it's gone. It, it it's felt like twenty years. But if you think about it from like literally looking at the years, it's kind of a short amount of time since we've been out of the playoffs. I know it's felt like forever, it's seven years. Seven yeah. years. But like. I'm just saying it's a process and I would not set insane expectations on any rookie or any player that we get immediately. Cause a uh, Bargnani, great example. People did great. Got great. I got gave him uh, crazy high expectations. Right. And he comes in falling on his face mm-hmm. and, uh, and just not playing up to, I mean, we, we traded away slow as a horse, Steve Novak, and he was a better shooter than Bargnani was when he was on the Knicks. Come on now. <laughs> like, it's just, it's, it's going to be a process. It's going to be slow. It's not, it, it, we, we know that it's going to be slow. Knicks fans, we know that it's been going by slow, but, but I see so much promise in this draft. I mean, even if we don't get Obi Toppin, I mean, I, I don't know. I, it's so risky. Cause like, I mean, if we don't get Obi Toppin or just like, Anybody that's good at like a point guard, right? Then we have so many guys from the G League. Lamar Peters, we have Ignis. We need to utilize Ignis more on the main roster, guys. I I I I've seen Ig- I've seen Ignis on the uh on the main roster play for not even two minutes. What's he what's what's he gonna do in two <laughs> minutes? If the guy's playing for full games in Westchester scoring twenty-four points per game, then we see what he's doing when he when he has when he has opportunities, and and that that's all that that's that's what I'm trying to say. It's gonna be a process. It's gonna be it's gonna take some time, but I see a lot of promise in this team, no matter what we what happens. So that 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 was a good pod, man. We we we, I guess we got all at least all of the recent Nick news, and mm-hmm. we talked about some other stuff. So that, that that was a good one, bro. We absolutely, absolutely. You you what, you know where to find me. What? But the people don't know where to find you. So just your last words in general. Tell the people where they can find you, and tell the people your next project, your next podcast that you ooh, got coming out. Ooh, all right, all right. Just let it, they got um, mm-hmm. Let's see. So I um I'm gonna be interviewing a former. NBA champion. I'm not going to disclose anything yet because I want it to be a surprise. But a former two-time NBA champion will be joining the Knicks Community Podcast in the near future. Um, so that's going to be very uh, exciting. Um, oh yeah, I can't wait for that. You for can that. find so me on Instagram or Twitter at Knicks Community. No spaces, just at Knicks Community. Um, 
and uh, you can DM me with any questions or anything uh, that you uh, that you want to hear on my show or anything. And uh, you can leave me a follow or anything like that. And you can find my podcast on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, all of the uh, sources and sites that Anchor allows you to distribute uh, your podcast on. It's it's all there. Google Podcasts, everywhere, man. So you can find me at Nick's Community. And uh, just stay tuned to the Nick's Community Podcast because we got, we got big things coming. and. I'd, I'm, I'm, you're always welcome to come on to my show, Slizzy. Um, and uh, yo, yo, bro, just write. Hey, me man, and and, and, and I, I'd love to come back <laughs> on here too because I had a blast. It, oh, me too. I'm, next month, well, later on this, later on this month, I, I'm, a, I'm gonna definitely get you back on because I'm gonna speak mm. to Jonathan Macri soon, and he needs to tell me about this next draft. So I, I purposely, purposely told Jonathan Macri, I need you on the pod. I would, the, I, I, I've October, been trying to get a right hold of Macri. Right after the next training. We, we can talk about that privately, but like. Oh, it, it, it's tough. It is, it is tough. It is tough. tough. It is tough. I've been trying to get, I've been trying to get him. And I'm like, I'm like, ah, how do I like reach out to him and like get him on, man? Ah. So let me give you the secret. Let me give you the secret. You got to hit up Macri and tell him you want to record but you got to know it. You got to know, like, I hit up Macri in August mm. to tell him about a podcast in October. You get what I'm saying? You got to hit him up. Like, yeah. And, like, set a set a stone cold date. With a date. Yeah. That's exact. Stone cold, set in stone. You got to set a date. That's the I got only you. way you're going to get Macri. And you got to write Macri I got you. on Twitter. <laughs> and Macri's cool. He'll respond. Macri's mad cool, bro. He's he's the coolest person on, on yeah, the side exactly. of the Yeah, exactly. I totally agree. Um but uh but yeah, man. I mean, I I had an absolute blast on the I have a question. How did you get the name Slizzy? I was asking all of my friends yesterday. I was like, guys, I'm going to be on State of the Knicks podcast. Do you have any questions for me to ask Slizzy? And they're all like, how did he get the name Slizzy? The people are dying to know. Tell us. <laughs> So, 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 so growing up, um, in high school, I went to um, Wadley Secondary in St. Harlem. It's on 114th between 7th and 8th Avenue. And my friend Marvin used to call me Sly. And right when I was in high school, a rapper named Vado came out. Vado, he write, he mm-hmm. raps with um Cameron, this the, the Dipset group, call him Dipset group. So Vado used to say a word named slime. So the word slime is what my friend Marv used to call me in high school. And then they just switched it oh, up and called you. me Slizzy. And so it was slime, then he called me slime, then he called me Slizzy. So ever since then, it just called me Slizzy. Now, my my father and them, they called me Yao. And Yao nice. is my African name. That's my Ghanaian name because mm. I was born on a Thursday. So they, they, my, my father called me Yao and my friends yeah. called you me know, You know, great, great, great things <laughs> come from the name Yao. Yao Ming. Oh, my oh, God. I loved Yao Ming, too. He was he, a, oh he's my a team God. in 2K. Oh, my <laughs> God. I know. Oh, my God. I, I play 2K all the time. And, like, 2K20 especially, I play my team with my friends. 
And my friend had Yao Ming. Guy could not miss. He, he has freaking Hall of Fame badges to the nines. I cannot. He makes heavily contested threes. I'm like, oh, my God. Come on now. I can't. I literally can't defend him on 2K. It's terrible. <laughs> terrible. So, yeah, that's where I got. So, for your, for your bros, yeah, I got Slizzy. The nickname Slizzy came from high school. It came from Vado, from Harlem, from the Dipset group. Calling, he calls people slime. They started calling me Sylvester, Sly. Then I like it. I like it. That's interesting. I know. I was <laughs> curious too. I was like, Slizzy. Like, that that name grabs your attention. Like, I'm like, that's awesome. So now, but the new nickname, the new nickname, they just call me State now. Now they just call me State. They don't, when I was on um, Nothing But Nicks, they call me State. On Twitter, they call me State. So I'm going to just go by State from now on. You hey man, I, man. I, I anything you want me to call you, I got you. So, this was a great pod. Um, I appreciate Any, you coming on the podcast, bro. We we were supposed to do this a couple of days ago. I, no worries, no I worries, apologize. no worries. Totally um, fine, my guy. So, Nick Nation, I appreciate y'all for tuning in, and and, and we try to give y'all. The recent news, Victor Alipo, Chris Paul, and Knox, and whatever else came out of mind. So I appreciate you coming on the pod, Nick Nation. I appreciate y'all for listening. I'm out of here. It's your boy Slizzy, State of the New York Knicks podcast. See ya. Y'all, peace.